The reading is taken from John, chapter 21, starting at verse 10, which in the Pew Bibles is 1090. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, Follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Thank you, Janet. Good morning. My name's Jan, as Adam said. Uh, Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, thank you that you met with Peter and restored him to relationship with you. And we pray that this morning you will meet with each one of us 
and help us to draw closer to you. Amen. I want to start this morning by asking you a question. Have you ever let someone down or failed at something that was really important? Times like that can be very painful indeed. I know that I've let a lot of people down during my life. One of the most painful times uh, that sticks in my mind happened when I was just 18 years old. I started university when I was 17. Uh, there's a picture of my college library in which I'm afraid to say that I spent very little time that year. Um, I took full advantage of being away from home and the freedoms uh, that that offered. I focused very hard on my social life rather than my work. And because I'd always achieved quite well before, something in me just assumed that when it came to the exams at the end of the year, I'd somehow get by. I didn't get by. At the end of the year, I'd done so little work that I failed every single exam, not just one or two, every single one. And I knew that I'd let a lot of people down. My parents were supporting me through university financially. Uh, they'd been expecting me to continue to do well academically. I knew I'd let them down. My tutors, who'd invested a lot of time in teaching me and been rewarded by as little work as I could get away with. My teachers from school, who'd had expectations that I would do well. It was a really sobering experience and not one I would like to repeat. Perhaps you've experienced times like that when you've really let somebody down or you've failed at something that was very important. And if you have, perhaps you can begin to identify with Peter and how he was feeling after the death of Jesus. This painting by El Greco called The Tears of St. Peter depicts something of how he was feeling at the time of having let Jesus down when he needed him so badly. So we, before we think a little bit more about how Peter was feeling, I want to turn the clock back three years to the time when Jesus called his very first disciples. In his gospel, this is how Mark describes it. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once, they left their mats and followed him. And Peter, who at that time was called Simon, was among that very first band of disciples. And in fact, he was to become their leader. I think he was probably a natural leader. All that we read about him seems to point to that. He was a physically strong man, the Bible tells us, and he was full of passion for things. And it was Jesus, of course, who gave Simon his new name, Peter, which means the rock. It wasn't easy to be a follower of Jesus, 
And John tells us in his gospel that many of Jesus' disciples turned back and no longer followed him. So Jesus asked the 12, why don't, you don't want to leave me too, do you? And it was Peter who answered him, Peter who was fired up with passion. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Peter was determined that he wouldn't let Jesus down. Even on the day before Jesus was killed, Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. But of course, we know that these turned out to be hollow words. When it came to the crunch, Peter caved in and he disowned Jesus three times. Peter really knew what it felt like to let someone down, to have failed at something really important. And he wasn't alone. All the other disciples ran away too. Peter was a failure. So what was he going to do now? Well, as we heard in Adam's talk last week, he decided to go fishing. Now, there's much discussion among theologians about what lay behind his decision. I don't pretend to be a theologian, but there's not an agreement about it. You see, Jesus had probably come to the Sea of Galilee in the first place out of obedience to Jesus. On Easter morning, an angel at the tomb told the women that Jesus would meet Peter and the other disciples in Galilee. And now they'd arrived. It's possible that Peter was simply saying, well, while we're waiting for Jesus, we might as well do something useful. I'm going fishing. And six of the other disciples who were with Peter decided to go with them. Now, if that was the reason they went fishing, if the disciples had, go, had decided to go back to something they were good at, then what happened next is quite ironic. As Adam explained last week, they fished all night, which was usually the best time to go fishing, and caught absolutely nothing. And then early in the morning, they saw a stranger on the shore. Rather like on the road to Emmaus, Jesus appeared to the disciples but at first, they didn't recognize him, and they assumed he was a stranger. Haven't you caught anything? The stranger asked. No. If they weren't full of despair before, I'm sure they were now. They couldn't even successfully catch fish, the one thing they knew they were really good at. Throw your net on the right side of the boat, said the stranger, and you'll find some. And sure enough... They caught, caught so many fish, they were unable to haul them all in. And one of the disciples said to Peter, it's the Lord. And as soon as Peter heard this, he jumped into the water and swam to the shore. A few days before this, Jesus had spoken these words to the disciples. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. They're beautiful words. They're easy to understand in our heads, but they can be difficult to take on board in our lives. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
And Peter was learning that lesson the hard way. Trusting in his own bravery and courage, Peter had said that he would never disown Jesus. Trusting in his skills as a fisherman, he went fishing. But that night, he discovered his skills just weren't enough. He was beginning to see that apart from Jesus, he really could do nothing. And that was a really painful lesson to learn. But the good news is that even though Peter had disowned Jesus, Jesus hadn't disowned Peter. The the miraculous catch of fish must have reminded Peter of the words that Jesus had spoken to him right at the very beginning. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And what happened that morning turned out to be a kind of enacted parable of what would happen at Pentecost. Peter and the disciples caught 153 fish, we're told, that morning. And soon, on the day of Pentecost, they would catch 3,000 men and women. Not through their own efforts, but through the work of the Holy Spirit, who was abiding within them. Peter had disowned Jesus, but Jesus hadn't disowned him. And so they sat and they shared a meal together. While they'd been fishing, Jesus had been cooking breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was Jesus. And then he took the bread, which had been baking on the fire, and he gave it to them. And then in the verses that we heard this morning, we see how Jesus reinstated Peter. I'm sure that Jesus had already forgiven Peter for disowning him. But Peter needed to really know that forgiveness deep down. And Jesus did this in a most beautiful way. Just as Peter had disowned Jesus three times, so Jesus gave Peter three opportunities to say that he loved him. And then Jesus repeated the invitation that he'd made three years earlier. Follow me. A lot had happened in those three years since Jesus had first said those words. Peter had learned a lot of lessons. And I guess that this second time, Peter wasn't quite so full of confidence but rather the knowledge at last that without Jesus, he couldn't do anything. So I want to finish by thinking about where that leaves us. I want to think briefly about what this has to say about God's forgiveness of our past and our confidence for the future. So first of all, God's forgiveness of our past. From time to time, We've all let other people down. And we've all let God down. Perhaps in small ways, perhaps in much bigger ways. But if God can forgive Peter for disowning Jesus in his hour of need, then he can forgive us too. The problem is that we often can't forgive ourselves quite. That's my hunch as to why Peter went fishing that day. He wanted to try and just forget his guilt and his shame for a while. And we can feel like that. We might have repented, 
but we can't forgive ourselves. And yet one of the reasons why Jesus met with Peter besides the Sea of Galilee was to enable him to do just that. In a couple of minutes, we're going to have a few moments of quiet. And if anything comes to mind in that time, for which maybe you've repented, but you can't quite forgive yourself, then just use that time to ask God to meet with you, just as Jesus met with Peter. And secondly, where is our confidence for the future? Have we learned the lesson, as Peter had to do so painfully, that apart from Jesus, we can't do anything? Or is God perhaps still trying to teach us that lesson? It can be a very painful lesson to learn. So the sooner we learn it, the better. The psalmist tells us that unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Our lives might well be full of frantic activity, but if we're doing it all in our own strength and using our own efforts, we're not going to achieve anything that really lasts. It's only as we're rooted in Jesus and we allow him to work through us that God's kingdom will be built. And so, in a moment when we spend a few moments in quiet, if anything comes to mind where you recognize that you're putting your trust in yourself and not in God, I'm just going to invite you to hand that over to him. Let's just pray. Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness, for your love, for your restoration of us. As we just spend some time in quiet now, I pray that if for any of us there are things that we haven't really been able to forgive ourselves for, that you will just meet us in this time now and show us your forgiveness and your repeated call on our lives. Let's just spend a few moments in quiet. And perhaps there are, perhaps you've recognized that attempt to do things in your own strength and not in the strength that Jesus gives, not relying on Jesus. And if there are areas of your life where, where that's happening, I just invite you to hand those over to him now. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're always ready to forgive, to restore, to renew and refresh. As the band uh, start to come back and, and we go into our next song, do continue praying. If you'd like somebody to pray with you about any of those things or about anything else, do come forward for prayer and we'll make sure somebody prays with you. Or you may want to pray with the prayer ministry team after the service over near the side chapel.